Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. I'm Kent Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory, and it's the first game preview edition of the AP Laboratory. Get used to this. We're going to be doing this uh, every game this season, and we're starting with week one against the Cincinnati Bengals in the preseason. Uh, I'm joined by my two pals first. Find them on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. It's Matthew Lane. How are we doing this fine Thursday? Doing fantastic. I'd just like to show my appreciation to all of our fans that are listening tonight. We we very much appreciate it. And you know what we appreciate even more? Five-star reviews. You guys leave a question in those five-star reviews. We will read them out live on the podcast like we've done in the past. We appreciate them, guys. They really do help us. I know it seems like a waste, and you're probably tired of everybody asking for it on all your podcasts, but it really does help us out. We're joined tonight by... The busiest man on the planet, Craig Stout. Find him on Twitter at BarleyHop. He has already got the Morris Claiborne film review up on ArrowheadPride.com right now. If you haven't read what it yet, savage. if you have not read it, you need to pause this podcast. I promise we aren't going anywhere. Go read the article right now. Comment on it. Let Craig know you appreciate it and spent some time reading it because he might have got fired from work working on it today. Oh, no, that's definitely not what happened. <laughs> First of all, second of all, um, yeah, I happen to uh, have studied some Mo Claiborne games before all of this happened, so it made it a lot easier to kind of go and pull clips on my lunch break, get that put together for you wonderful people, for you to find out about Mo Claiborne, even before he was signed, technically, by the Kansas City Chiefs, watch him fail a physical and not sign with the Chiefs, and it's all for naught. I mean, well, this here's the funny part. This is a little bit behind the curtain. This wouldn't be the first time that some legwork has gone all for naught. <laughs> We've done some legwork on some prospects, some uh, some free agents before, and have never been able to use it. There's some there's some there's some folders on our computers with a bunch of clips of pros- or players that have gone unused. There may or uh, so, may not be a Patrick Peterson article one click away from being on the website immediately. <laughs> here here I mean, in a year and a half when Adonis Alexander signs with the Chiefs, we got you guys already. We got you. I mean, I, there's, yeah, I mean, we've this isn't the first time, so it was kind of nice to to have some legwork pay off for once. Yep. Uh, and speaking of Mo Claiborne, article is up on Arrowhead Pride. Uh, plenty of uh, clips and the the piece is great. It's a great job by Craig breaking that down and getting it up. Craig, initial thoughts on Mo Claiborne. Mo Claiborne fits Steve Spagnuolo's scheme. I I think that's the part that 
everybody should kind of realize with all this, I kind of not really talked about Mo Claiborne much because he was injured. No team seemed really interested. It seemed like he fit too well to not have interest from the Chiefs. Now we've kind of figured out that this four-game suspension has been handed down. Immediately after the appeal is lost, Kansas City brings him in and signs him. I think that tells you they were waiting to find out on that. In that regard, he plays a lot of shuffle technique. He, he's he got speed to carry vertically. He's pretty good from press. He's pretty good with in-breaking routes. He's got good ball skills, stays in a receiver's hip pocket. Like, all the things that Steve Spagnola really loves about his cornerbacks, Mo Claiborne does. Now, he's a bit older. He's kind of losing some of his transitional quickness, but he is still going to be a quality player, and he does fit within the scheme. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would think I would add on to that is Mo Claiborne was a guy that was kind of lost in Dallas. He was this super hyped-up draft pick coming out of LSU. Everybody thought he was kind of the next big thing, and he's kind of flopped. I don't want to say busted necessarily in Dallas, but he was just kind of a big flop for them. He was just kind of a league average corner for much of his time there, if not a little bit below. Had some penalty issues when he was younger with Dallas. He gets a one-year prove-it deal with the Jets, and I think his 2017 film was probably some of the best I'd seen of him in his entire career. He was finally starting to put it all together, and maybe it was the scheme change because he does seem a little bit more comfortable when he's getting to shuffle a little bit more, read through a receiver to the quarterback rather than have to play man-to-man all the time. He got a better prove-it deal with the Jets after that good season. I think teams wanted to see him be more consistent, and he felt he earned a longer-term kind of second- or third-tier contract, and he just didn't get it. So now the Chiefs are getting him. He misses a few games. But when you look at the Chiefs' cornerback room, like you can't do anything but be excited about the move. Like It shows effort. It shows they're trying. And it's a guy that has put out quality film, quality cornerback play the last couple of years. I know you can't really – translate cornerback play from year to year as pro football focus has told us recently but what you can look at are the traits and the skills that he possess and how those are going to translate into another system so there's absolutely reason to be excited for mo claiborne come week five yeah absolutely i i agree with all that stuff um i think you know i i think i saw he had like was it nine pbus and two interceptions last year is that right 14 pbus and two interceptions and two of his pbus he actually popped up into the air to teammates for interceptions like intentionally saw the dude running and popped it up to him so yeah little ball little ball production yeah uh, I think you should be excited about a guy that has played at the highest level, mm-hmm. played in the National Football League. Like that's a start uh, for three million dollars max. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great deal. I don't think there's anyone should that should be upset about this. The Chiefs have done something to help try to solve the biggest problem on their football team. I know some people have said this is Orlando Scandrick. Mm-mm. It is not Orlando Scandrick. Orlando Scandrick was much older. Um, he His best football was still behind him. And uh, I still think Claiborne, I still think you can get enough out of Claiborne to potentially start for this football team. I don't know if it's going to be that hard for him to supplant a guy like Charvarius Ward, Maddie. So that's where I was coming next for you guys is just where do we think he's going to slate in? Because obviously the first four games of the season – He's not going to be able to play. He's still going to be getting himself into football shape up until then, essentially. 
So it's kind of a four-week showcase for Charvarius Ward or even Bashad Breeland. Like, there's a chance that Bashad Breeland comes out and doesn't play particularly well. He's had seasons Oof. before where he hasn't been good. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that he is going to be a competent player, but it's possible. Charvarius Ward, on the other hand, you don't want to overreact the training camp. You really don't. But there's been plenty of clips that have come out of training camp where Ward <laughs> has been beaten by Sammy Watkins, by Tyree Kill, where he just simply does not look good. And going back to what I was talking about, you can look at just traits and skills. He's not showing the transitional traits, the ability to play off coverage or in zone and read receivers that you want to see. So if we can get Mo Claiborne to come in in week five and take over for Tarverius Ward, if he has not taken that big step that a lot of people thought he would, then, I mean, that's a positive. That's a good thing for the Chiefs. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think the most... Oh, sorry, go, Craig. No, go, that's... I think that potentially... Like Maddie said, if he steps in for Charvarius Ward, there it also gives you some Kendall Fuller insurance. If Kendall yeah. Fuller looks terrible here at the beginning of the year, if he looks like he doesn't camp right now, then it's just as possible that Bashad Breland can kick inside to the nickel and they could run Charvarius Ward and Mo Claiborne on the outside. That's just as feasible. So it does give them a little bit of insurance and a little bit. Uh, just an extra move that they can make. They're not just locked into as soon as he comes back, Charvarius is done sort of deal. They can move guys around and still find the best three pl- players to put on the field. And I don't want to disre- disrespect my guy Demontre Wade, but no, uh, there's a little bit more. There's a little bit more pressure on on the three guys that are all but guaranteed playing time right now, because by week four, if one of these guys isn't playing. Isn't playing up to standards. Three, two of these guys, Bashad Breeland and Kendall Fuller, are in contract years, and now you've got a guy who's now on a contract year two, pushing you starting week five. I don't think there's anything that can be bad from this move. Competition, depth. I think this it's a it's a it's a trend in the right direction. I think it's a good idea. I don't think they're done. I anticipate you're gonna get another one of those. Uh, Brett Veach trying to jump the waiver wire moves like he did with Charvarius Ward last year, like he did with Jordan Lucas last year. I still think they're going to go try to add another guy there uh, and, and maybe you know take a swing there. I don't think it's going to make a big difference, but I think they're going to do it. Uh, and then you know we'll see what happens at week eight. What, what, what's the situation look like at week eight? Uh, maybe they maybe they feel compelled to try to, to make a big splash for the Super Bowl run on the back end of the season. Uh, let's go ahead and get off of uh, Mo Claiborne, and let's move to uh, our game preview for the Cincinnati Bengals game. We're going to talk about uh, three things to watch for on offense, three things to watch for on defense. And guys, I think we have to start here. Miko Hardman has shown some promise this uh this this preseason so far he's done some really good things he's made some big plays down the field i think i don't think it's a coincidence that all of his plays have been made down the field you're not seeing him run uh a ton beyond just some of the vertical stuff but i think that there is a path to success for him like we've talked about i'm really excited to see miko see uh miko hardman maddie what do you want to see from miko hardman this week as of right now, I really just want to see him. Like I can get nitpicky and say I want to see progression as a route runner, and I want to see him just kind of start to understand the position. But I haven't got to see him since his college film. Like I haven't got to see anything he's done yet. 
it seems and it sounds like as productive as he's been during camp that he's picked up on some traits or some ability to play wide receiver more than he had when he was at Georgia. So I just excited to get my eyes on him. I want to see if his speed is really close to this Tyreek Hill level where it doesn't matter if he's not particularly good at getting off the line of scrimmage, if he's not particularly good at setting defensive backs up when he's getting vertical. Like, how good is that speed? When he's out there, where's he lining up? Does he have to be off the line of scrimmage? Does he need a free release to be effective? Or can he beat somebody at the line of scrimmage from time to time? Now, the preseason's kind of tailor-made for somebody like McCall Hardman, though. He's playing against guys most most of the time. He's going to be playing against cornerbacks that are fighting for depth positions or to barely break a starting lineup. And when you have a guy that has superior speed, he should shine in this situation. I doubt McCall Hardman gets only first-team reps. He's going to be playing with second-team quarterbacks and against second-team corners. He should really shine when that happens. He should be a guy making plays. He should look really good if he's not playing against starters. So that's kind of what I'm hoping to see from him. I'm excited to finally get eyes on him, though, because you guys have seen him a little bit. I haven't got to yet, so I'm ready for it. I know I'm kind of a McCole Hardman hater because I question how ready he's going to be this year, but I'm excited to see what he can do. Maybe I've underplayed in my mind how valuable his particular speed is going to be. I just need to see it right now against NFL players. Yes, that's absolutely the case. I want to see his releases. I want to see his routes. I want to see his breaks. I, I want to see how much he's grown because what I saw at camp was a functional wide receiver. I want that to continue against another set of cornerbacks, not just the Chiefs cornerbacks that I saw, not just you know Patrick Mahomes getting him the ball quickly. I want to see him with Chad Henney against backups and I want to see him look good in that situation. And not just from the standpoint of, you know, a statistical number. I want to see him, you know, on a comeback. I want to see it sharp. I want to see sharp breaks out of his routes. I want to see him try to get pressed and be able to run by a guy. Get off the you know line without having a clean release. This is all very important to his development as a receiver. If he's shown leaps and bounds in those scenarios with against a set of backup cornerbacks, there's something to legitimately be excited about. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, and, you know, if he's able to do some of those things at a decent level and show growth throughout the next four weeks, uh, there's reasons to be optimistic, optimism when, when the stats count, mm-hmm. you know, when the game counts, all those kind of things. Uh, I'm very excited to see him, and uh, we might wind up doing something on him on Arrowhead Pride this week. The next thing we got to look at, uh, and we want to talk about the running back position. There's been a lot of mystery about this running back position. Craig, I know you were a little bit underwhelmed. When you saw them last week, Damian Williams has been dealing with an injury. Uh, There's a lot up in the air right now with the running back position, and it's a pretty, I think it's a pretty intense competition for opportunity. Maddie, what do you think about the state of the running back position right now as we stand here? I'm not overly concerned. I think that Damian Williams is more than capable as a starter. Carlos Hyde sounds like he doesn't look very explosive. But that's been the case since he hurt his foot. I still think he's going to be a productive player for how they're going to use him. Daryl Williams has apparently looked plenty impressive. And no, he does not get that awful nickname. Kent, don't bring it up. What? I'm sorry, Daryl? Who, who is Daryl? So, oh, the barrel, the barrel. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Matthew. Please continue. My fault. I, I just, I, I got confused. That is one there of the worst nicknames in the history of the NFL. <laughs> 
but hey, looks- I've seen plenty of people jumping into your mentions with barrel references, barrel gifts. Folks, by please plenty, continue you mean to bless like Maddie's timeline with Daryl the Barrel references. If by plenty you mean three and one of them was a hay bale, then you were correct. However, it's a barrel, it's a barrel looked, of hay. <laughs> he's looked good, according to some people coming from camp. So I'm excited to see him. I was a big fan of him last offseason or last preseason training camp process. If he gets more run, I'm happy to see it. I guess overall, I'm just kind of wanting to see who's going to get the reps, when they're getting them. I mean, I haven't seen Darwin Thompson in the NFL yet either against NFL talent. How does his contact balance line up? Is he going to look like Devin Singletary has so far for the Bills in a couple runs where he's still bouncing off players left and right? Or is he going to you know, show his size a little bit, fall down on first contact? He should be out there with depth players as well. So again, he should look really good, especially at the running back position. Does he shine? Can he work his way up the depth chart? But really, you're not going to get a whole lot from running backs in the preseason until you get to the depth, guys, just because everything's so vanilla and basic. Nobody's trying to show their hands too much. I don't expect Carlos Hyde or Damian Williams when he does play later on in the preseason to really showcase anything major. Yeah, I don't either. Um, And I honestly don't think that Damian Williams is probably going to get run this weekend. So they're going to try and give Tremont Smith – a lot of fourth quarter reps, guys. I think that they, and that's good for him. Like, if he's going to do anything in the NFL as a running back, he needs live reps now. And that's where he's going to get them, is in this game and preseason week four. In the middle there, I really do think that they're just going to rotate between those three other guys. We're just going to get heavy dosages of all three of them, and they're going to see who looks the best like it's a little bit of an open competition for running back, like two to three, a little bit. And I think a lot of that can be sorted out with pass pro. Who looks good in pass? Carlos pro? Hyde. Who is going to be the guy? <laughs> yeah, who it, it, it probably is Carlos oh, it Hyde. Is. But I want to see all <laughs> these guys in pass pro. I want to see all these guys how they do because they are protecting the most important asset in sports right now. Now, that being said, you do not want to see Tremont Smith in pass pro. We got to see that this past weekend. It's it's scary, guys. No. Like you don't want him protecting Pat. And as, and as expected, and I think that's I'm part of sure. partially for why sure. I think you should be you should be pessimistic about Tremont Smith making this. I roster. don't want to see Darwin My, Thompson protecting oh, Pat. He, to be he, honest with you guys, you don't want to see Darwin Thompson trying to protect Patty. And he's better, You're right, Maddie? And he's better, but yes. <laughs> okay. The other thing I'm really kind of curious to look for, and I don't want I want to look about look at this uh, on Saturday. Is the first and second team interior offensive line? I know that's a very nerdy thing to be looking for, but there's a couple things that are exciting about this to me. I like some of the young guys that they have there. We're going to be talking more about them in a little bit, I'm sure. The guys like Nick Allegretti. Uh, but I'm, I think this is probably where some of the most unsettled roster spots are. Who is going to be O-lineman 7, 8, 9? Maybe 10, because they kept 10 for a while last year. So I think getting to see... Who is running with the first and second team and how they do? That's the start of kind of indicating who's going to be the bottom of the roster, guys, this year, Maddie. Yeah, and I am with you here. It's kind of nerdy, but something I'm really interested in seeing is how these new guys kind of work together in terms of their footwork. What is the combination of Fisher and Wiley like? How are LDT and Ryder and then all the way over to Wiley? How are they working on their zone blocks? Because these guys are going to be stepping right in front, right behind, right next to one another. 
and these guys are stepping on top of each other sometimes, that's going to be an issue. I think you did see it a little bit last year with Ryder, but they were cycling a lot of guys on the interior. There was a few times where he seemed like he was a little late to leave and he got stepped on or somebody couldn't step where they wanted to and got behind in a block. So you just want to see that cohesion. It doesn't have to be a great dominant performance, but if you just see these guys looking like they're working well together, they're passing off blocks, they're not stepping on one another. If the center's moving forward, the guard's sliding in behind them with the steps and not trying to step in front of them, making them stumble over one another. It's little stuff like that that I'm kind of most interested to see because you essentially have three guys that haven't played next to each other right there in the middle of the offensive line. Yeah, for sure. And then you start looking at the the second team there. You're looking at Nick Allegretti, uh, maybe Khalil McKenzie. Uh, you know, Cam Irving is pretty solidly out on the edge here as a swing tackle. So you're going to be looking at, uh, let's see here, who else was playing there? Jimmy Murray, I believe, was playing in there. There, there's lots of guys that are going to get some run with that second team interior offensive line. It's kind of led by Allegretti. I think he's kind of the the front runner right now amongst that second team offensive line but Khalil McKenzie needs to show that he's worth more than just another redshirt roster spot and it starts with this week absolutely couldn't agree more and uh, Khalil will make an appearance later on this show Uh, I do want to make sure you know you guys both talked about Allegretti I think I mentioned Nick Nick Allegretti that's a guy I am very excited to see uh, specifically Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think, you know, some of the early returns seem to indicate he's primed for a potential roster spot. We will be back to talk about the defense and players that we want to watch on offense and defense right after this. Time to talk a little bit about the defensive side of the football. I know Craig is just geeked out right now. Uh, put put himself through that 10 minutes talking about the offense and now we get to talk about his favorite stuff and first off I think we're all just kind of excited to watch what a Steve Spagnuolo defense looks like in Kansas City even though it is going to be a very vanilla version of Spags Matty yeah and I mean even going back to that we don't know how vanilla it's going to be Steve Spagnuolo I can tell you guys this I did not watch preseason Steve Spagnuolo film so I can't begin to tell <laughs> Why you. Not? I can't begin to tell you how close it is to his real defense. There's a chance we've already seen Freddie Kitchens in Cleveland come out with the no huddle. There's a chance Steve Spagnola wants to see his defense in action. I doubt you get everything. I doubt you even get that much. Knowing Andy Reid, if he has any input on this, it's going to be very vanilla. But you might get a pickup on some stuff. Maybe Steve Spagnola wants to put some blitz packages in to see what's going to happen. Maybe he wants to show some stuff because he needs to evaluate these players against in a real competitive environment. So you want to start looking at what kind of coverages are being played. Where's the pressure coming from? How are these defensive ends, defensive tackles? How are they playing different types of runs? What are the linebackers doing? I mean, it's all going to be basic, but you can start to put a picture together of what you're going to see as the year goes on because even a vanilla defense is going to have stuff that's built on as the year goes on. You can't run a vanilla defense and then put something exotic in that doesn't involve the same principles as your base vanilla defense. Absolutely. I want to be looking at how often they're in split safety versus single high. I want to be looking at what kind of technique he's going to be having the corners run on different downs and distance. And again, this is all stuff that will change in different personnel packages against different teams, different situations. But like Matt said, 
your basic, your foundation is is what everything is built off of. So this is the first time we get to see it. I don't care if it's a four-man rush all day long and it's the most vanilla cover two ever. I'll watch it. I'm, I'm interested to see what he's going to bring to the table. So I, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm really excited to see it for the first time. No, I totally agree. And I also kind of just want to see if they're able to execute it. Uh-huh. I mean, like, you know, if, if there's good communication, I mean, little things like that, you know, if, if they get lined up in time, all those kind of things, I, I'm very curious to see because even though it's vanilla and even though it might be basic stuff, let's see how all this time, effort, and energy to get these base principles established, how far they've come along early. Uh, one thing I know that both of you guys mentioned that you're very fascinated to see, and I do agree, because of some of the hesitancy of the linebacking core last year, hearing some of the things about maybe some of the techniques that they were being asked to play under Bob Sutton last year, seeing how few of plays were made behind the line of scrimmage for the, from, the line, from the linebacking group. I know you guys are kind of excited to see uh, how fast the linebackers play. Is that right, Maddie? Yeah, and I just want to see who looks good, how quickly they're processing it. I think you kind of saw it last preseason that Anthony Hitchens wasn't particularly 100% comfortable. Reggie Ragland didn't play much during the preseason. He was still getting himself back into it all. Like, nobody looked comfortable. Nobody looked ready to go for the Chiefs last year, and I get it. Vanilla defenses, especially veterans, might not be going 100%, but that carried over into the regular season, so it wasn't just a preseason thing. They weren't prepared to attack the line of scrimmage over and over again. So this year, do we have... Damian Wilson seems like he's had some nice plays, and I kind of like his personality. He seems to have a little bit of a fire about him. Is he going to be firing downhill? Is he going to be processing the game quick? Or is his job going to be so simple that he just knows where to attack? And that goes for Ragland, for Hitchens, Darren Lee when he's on the field. I just want to see how quickly these guys are triggering, not even where they're triggering. This might be a very simple two-gap, one-gap. It could be very basic, but just how quickly are they starting their go rather than waiting to see what they have they're not going to be physically faster like Hitchens or Ragland, but they might start the process a little earlier, and that's what I'm looking for. Absolutely. And I, I think that Anthony Hitchens has a lot to prove this season. Anthony Absolutely. Hitchens might come out like a house on damn fire in preseason week one just because he's anxious to get out there and show that last year was the fluke. You know, he might come out a little more amped up even for a preseason game than mo- than some of these guys can be, especially if you got, you know, Tyra Matthew behind you, you know, chirping, Frank Clark in front of you chirping. Like, it's not hard to get up for these sorts of things. Anthony Hitchens has that extra little motivating factor this entire year, this chip on his shoulder that he's probably going to be playing with coming out of Bob Sutton's scheme trying to prove that he's worth the money that they paid him. No, I totally agree. And kind of going back to, you know, a vanilla version of what Spags is wanting to do potentially if we see, you know, a very basic version tomorrow. If these guys are flying around with confidence and they're playing fast, I think that's a positive indicator too. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because they're they're not thinking as much, even if it's base principles. Like just if they're flying around, that's a good thing. Uh, I don't think... We can have a podcast without talking about the cornerback position. They've obviously went and addressed 
the cornerback position a little bit with Mo Claiborne. The pressure has been put on these guys, but I'm personally still fascinated and anxious to see what this cornerback group looks like against a different group of receivers that isn't the world beaters that the Chiefs have uh, on their roster right now, Maddie. Yeah, and the Bengals right now are about as far from world beaters at wide receiver as you can be, so this is definitely a good game to ease into it on. I mean, Don't like disrespect you, Tyler Boyd. I like Tyler Boyd. Can <laughs> you name me another Bengals wide receiver? Nah, uh, Dane Sonsenbacher played there once. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. So I'm just interested. John Ross. Oh, yeah. The I ninth said wide, pick in the said, 2017 NFL draft. I said wide receiver, not offensive weapon. So um, anyway, <laughs> I'm interested to see how Charvarius Ward's going to do when he's not lined up against John Ross because that's the same speed that's giving him problem in camp. But like, how does he do against Boyd? How does he do against non-Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman type speed? Is he able to keep up with guys? Is his footwork good enough? Can he change directions quick enough to stick to guys and not rely on playing catch-up to use his length and hope the ball's a little misplaced to get him make a play on it? Bashad Breeland seems like he's just been solid. Can he continue that in the preseason? And then I'm really interested to see what Mark Fields can do. I want him to come out and play better than any other cornerback on the team just for the simple fact that I want it to be really hard for the Chiefs not to play him because I think he's got that much talent. See, I'm just here for Rashard Fenton. Like, I, I'm here for him. Oh. Make, oh, wait. No. No, I'm not. I got to stop with that because I, I've thrown some serious Rashad Fenton. I, I like Rashad Fenton just fine. He's a good returner. Good He's gunner. very good for the offensive highlights yes. from camp. Yes. But, yeah, that that's all it is. You want to see these guys perform better than we've seen in camp against a worse group of wide receivers. It'll start to make you feel a little bit more comfortable about the Chiefs' cornerback situation if they come out and they're able to lock up this group of wide receivers because they should. This isn't a good group of wide receivers. So if they're out there, they're able to do that. That gives you a little more hope going into the season, even if it is just preseason because, yeah, Morris Claiborne's coming. They may even still add another guy to the mix. We'll see, but... That'll give you a little hope that they can get through towards uh, towards when the Calvary's coming. The guy at cornerback I'm most interested in seeing uh, with with regards to the starting group is Charvarius Ward. Mm-hmm. I want to see you know we've we've really had a small sample size of this guy. We really have, and I want to see him playing in a Steve Spagnuolo defense. I want to see him playing off coverage, frankly. Uh, I want to see him trying to read the routes, uh, read the route distribution, making plays. Um, guys, I want you to give me one player on O and one player on D that you guys are focused in on watching. Well, for me, Craig, for me, the player on offense that I'm most excited to watch is Darwin Thompson. Uh, we've seen him in camp. We know kind of what he is, that contact balance, that speed, that pass-catching ability. I want to see him run the ball a little more. We didn't see too much of that in camp the days that I was there. So I just want to see what he looks like running the ball, probably not between the tackles, but I still want to see him ball in his hand, see how he looks as a running back at this next level. And then, of course, on defense, I want to see Juan Thornhill He's making an interception a day at this point. 
he is, you know, they say not to believe in camp reports, but you know what? When it's happening oh. every single day, all the time, I, there's something there against Juan is good at football. Juan is he's just excellent flat out good at football. I'm buying so, it. I'm buying it right now. So I'm expecting, you know, a couple picks. He's gonna house one. Like he's he's gonna put on a show <laughs> this weekend. Well, it was no. so obvious in his college film that like there was a very clear way that he was winning, that he was uh-huh. playing well, and he's essentially transitioned that to camp right away. It's just perfectly be interesting to see how he pulls it into the preseason. And I with you, I don't really have any doubts he's going to. His yeah. play today that came out of camp, or it's going to be Thursday, <laughs> the other day, where he right. gets out in front of Tyreek Hill, and then he shows the wide receiver background because he pretty much stacks up Tyreek Hill. He makes Tyreek Hill not only elevate over his back, but have to stop and try to adjust around him to make a play. That's just a veteran move to be a safety, to get out in front of the wide receiver and not just try to high point the ball, but to stack him up like that. Mm-hmm. That was a fantastic play. and just He does stuff like that all the time. He did it in college. Like you can't not be excited about Juan Thornhill. Yes, he's, absolutely. He's done it from a variety of alignments against a variety of route concepts. Like he's he's just good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is, and I'm excited to watch him do it to somebody else other than Patrick Mahomes. Because if he's doing it to Pat, granted in camp where Pat's trying stuff, but if he's doing it to Pat, he's gonna do it to a bunch of other quarterbacks in this league. Well, dang it, I'm changing my answer to Juan Thornhill yes. too. Let's get help. That's no fun. Maddie, give me one on O and one on D. Oh, I am interested in my guy, Byron Pringle. I think, like McCall Hardman, he's not going to be getting a ton of run with the ones right away. So he's going to be up against kind of backup level cornerbacks, and you really want him to look good. You want him to shine when he's going against guys that aren't going to start. You want to see that downfield prowess of route running that he showed in college that he showed a little bit last year. You want to see him consistently catch the ball. I think Pringle, more than anyone else, you just want to see him catch the football. We don't care about him getting open as much because we've seen he can do that. Just catch the football. Don't drop it. Earn the trust of the quarterbacks, of the coaching staff. That way you can cycle in with the receivers once the regular season starts because he's making the team. It's just a matter of where he is going to be on the depth chart. And defensively, it's Breland Speaks. Are we going to finally play him in his natural position? Is he going to play as a defensive tackle more than he plays as a defensive end? Please. He looks... He looks better as a defensive tackle. He always has. He's had some plays that have come out of camp swim moves. He's shown some nice bull rushes. He's shown a long arm on the interior. Like He looks good rushing from the inside. He's got good quickness. He's got good strength to rush on the inside. When you put him on the outside, he just looks like he doesn't belong. He doesn't know what to do out there. Nothing comes natural to him. He doesn't move well in space. Reduce the space. Put him on the interior. Let him go up against guards. He's had some moments in camp where he's looked really good. Please, on third downs, let's see Speaks get in there and rotate in with Naughty or Xavier Williams and let him be one of the pass-rushing defensive tackles. I'm here for it, too. And he looks more like a defensive tackle than he does a defensive end mm-hmm. right now. And he moves still, like one, too. He, he doesn't look like a defensive end, even more than he didn't last year. <laughs> I mean, just let the man play inside and have some success. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how my great is number 57 going to be as a defensive tackle? Oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful. My guy on offense is Khalil McKenzie. Believe it or not, Khalil McKenzie is one of the youngest guys on this roster still. He's only 22. So, of course, he only... loves him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Age is everything, right? Uh 
But I mean, he's he's not an old guy. He's he's still a really young kid. He came into the league at 21 years old. A lot of the offensive linemen that are going to be drafted, he'll be younger than some of the offensive linemen drafted in 2020. I've already looked at this, believe it or not. <laughs> of course. Um, but don't yeah, worry, I'll be told every offensive lineman that's too old to get drafted into the NFL by can't hear in a little bit. No, it's I just I look at it and I say, yeah, he's a he's a probably a multi-year project. I don't expect him to play this year. I don't expect him to have success if he does have to play this year. But I want to see growth. I want to see his feet moving a little bit better than they did last year because he was very stagnant last time we saw him in training camp uh, and during the preseason last season. What are his movement skills looking like? How natural does he look in his past set? These kind of things. I want to see some growth, some development from him. And if that's the case, maybe – and, and if, if, he, if he flashes a few plays here or there, maybe he warrants another redshirt year. Uh, so that's a guy I'm really interested to see. And uh, on defense, it's Mark Fields. And for some of the reasons Maddie kind of mentioned earlier, Mark Fields is one of the more talented players at the cornerback position on this roster. And if you've been watching training camp, the dude's been making plays. He's been, he went up against Jamal Custis and climbed the ladder and, and had a pass breakup. He did it against Felton Davis. Like, he he, he was the stride for stride with Meikle down the field on one of those Patrick Mahomes throws. And then Meikle went and torched Badger and Charvarius and Kendall Fuller the next three plays of this highlight that they showed so fields has something and if he is still playing with the threes that means he's probably a knucklehead and probably not going to earn the trust of this team but i want him to earn the trust of the team so bad because he is he's basically a draft pick he's the talent of a early day three pick maybe even late day two maybe I mean, he's he's got some talent to him. I think we gave him a fourth-round grade in the KC draft guy. So I want to see him have some success and maybe, you're right, force the hand of the Chiefs to just keep him around because play the dude's enough, good at football. Play good enough football with this cornerback group, they cannot cut you. Even if you're a knucklehead, if you play good enough with the rest of these corner groups, they are going to be forced to at least keep you on the roster. Right. So if he's only getting a little bit of run in the fourth quarter, I'm going to be kind of irritated because he's better than he's better than Demontre Wade is. So uh, that that's something I'm looking forward to. We will be back on YouTube after the Bengals game. We are going to do a post game show. You can find us on the YouTube channel, the Arrowhead Pride YouTube channel. Uh, we're looking forward to talking about uh, whatever happens in this Bengals game. Uh, after after it happens. So we'll catch you then. Talk to you later. And please, somebody at me on Twitter with an actual good Daryl Williams nickname so we can get rid of the barrel. <laughs>